Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's a challenging profession just on its face. You know, what, you're, what it is you're trying to do, write something that someone's going to want to read and get everything in that story correct and be fair and be comprehensive. Oh, that's hard to do. From Burlington, Vermont, this is Behind the Byline, a podcast that shares the stories of the free press's journalists. I'm your host, Blaze Seifer, a rising senior at Middlebury College and a summer intern with the free press. Today, I sit down with Dan D'Ambrosio, the business and healthcare reporter for the free press. Dan joined in 2010 after working for several years at the Hartford Advocate in Connecticut. Dan, thank you so much for taking the time to chat. How are you and how's your summer going? I'm good, Blaze. The summer's going well. Plenty of nice weather. Right. My wife and I like to uh, ride bikes, so we've been doing a lot of that. Well, again, thank you for the time, Dan. I'm excited to hear about your career in journalism. But first, I want you to tell uh, us a little bit about yourself. Where are you from and kind of what were some of your early hobbies and have those kind of held true over the years? Yeah, so I'm from Tulsa, Oklahoma. And bike riding, which I've already talked about, has been part of my life pretty much all my life. When I was a kid in Oklahoma, I would go on long rides, often by myself or when my cousin was visiting, we'd go together. And it was just such an adventure. It was a different time. Hmm. You know, I was born in 1958. So my parents would, I'd leave in the morning, I'd come back sometime in the afternoon and they wouldn't worry about it, you know? <laughs> yeah. And I, I just, I loved it. I just, I see all different parts of the Tulsa and even outside of Tulsa out into the country. I especially liked getting out into the country. Mm. So that was a big part of my life. And the other big hobby of mine was basketball. I just loved playing basketball. I'm too old now, <laughs> too rickety, but I really enjoyed it. Just pick up games. I never, I was never on a team, Okay. never organized sports, but I'd go down to the rec center and, you know, always loved hiking uh, as well as biking, just being outside. I love being outdoors. Did you, did you like to write growing up? Was that always a hobby for you? Did you like English classes kind of experience like with that? Always. Yeah. I've always been intrigued by it. I think when I was a kid, I, something we did in school where they asked you, what do you want to be? And I think I said editor of National Geographic, which obviously didn't happen. <laughs> but I, 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 and that was, I was probably 10 or 11 years old. So I think I was always intrigued by it. Mm. So you joined the free press in 2010. You've covered business and healthcare. What's your experience been like over the past decade uh, and change? It's been good. I um, One of the best things about the free press is the, uh, camaraderie among the staff. You probably noticed it, mm-hmm. you know, in the time you've been here. Just great people and great people to work with and to work for. We've obviously had the same kind of hard time that 
every paper in the country, I think, has had. Mm-hmm. We're much smaller. But that has never changed, that feeling of camaraderie amongst the staff. So I just really value that. And editors who will give you the freedom to go even go outside your beat if, if it's a story that warrants it. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, I do like my beat. Vermont's very uh, Vermont's a dynamic place for business. We've certainly had startups that turned into major companies. I mean, you look at something like Beta Technologies, the electric plane maker raised $800 million. You know, that's incredible. I don't care what state you're in. <laughs> that's a lot of money to raise. Sure. You know, but those are the kind of people we have here. That Kyle Clark, the guy who founded that, I, I did a story years ago, long time ago, probably not too long after I came, where he was involved in a completely different business. But I remember at the time he was talking to me about this idea. He's an engineer. He's talking to me about this idea he had for a flying motorcycle, you know, and you would ride it just like a motorcycle. But flying. <laughs> and I, I thought he's kind of crazy, but you know, he is, he was crazy in a really good way. Mm, yeah. So there, there are a lot of people like that in a lot of in Vermont's business community, you know, you got dealer.com, those guys built an incredible business and spun out a lot of other businesses from what they did. Hmm. So it's a vibrant business community that's been fun to cover. Yeah. Do you have, I mean, I'm sure there's too many to count, but I I wanted to ask about kind of memorable subjects or stories you've covered. You just alluded to a few. Do any kind of stick out? Yeah. uh, Yeah. There are a couple do. One of them was a profile of this guy named Three Feathers. He was uh, Blackfeet, Indian, and uh, he'd had a very troubled life. Did a lot of time in prison, maximum security prison, you know, robberies, assault, that kind of stuff. A company called Twincraft, which is a soap company, they make soap, hired him when no one else would because of his record. And they're known for that. It's it's another thing about a lot of Vermont companies. They have a social conscience or a social mission. And so that's how I came across him. And interviewing him was memorable because of the life he had led and the way he had turned it around by getting this job. Mm. Um, Just one of the most interesting interviews I've ever done because, you know, so outside of my experience. I want as well, I wanted to ask about, you know, a day in the life of the business and healthcare reporter for the free press. I'm sure it changes all the time, but walk me through a day in the life of Dan. Yeah, well, uh, the best days are when I'm going somewhere to interview somebody. You know, maybe I'm going down to a farm in Southern Vermont. or mm-hmm. I've done a lot of dairy stories <laughs> and uh, other farm stories where I'm going to meet some young guy who's got some great idea 
starting up a company or a young woman mm-hmm. starting up a company or um, just any number of things. I, I, I love when I'm going somewhere to talk to somebody. Mm. So that's how it, that's everything starts with that. Right. And then it's a question of I, I like to record interviews and then I like to transcribe them every word, which uh, don't let Aki hear you. <laughs> He'll probably tell me to stop doing that. But the reason I like to do that, Aki being our new executive editor, the reason I like to do that is that it totally immerses me in the subject, in the story. Because I've interviewed them, I've listened to them, and then I listen to them again to transcribe the interview. Mm. And by the time I go through that, I feel like I have a command of the topic, the subject, what I'm trying to write about. And I, ideas then start to form of how to approach this story. There's something, that's the lead, you know, like something the person said or something you saw. Well, on top of, Interviewing them, transcribing it, I was there. Mm. I saw things, I heard things, I smelled things, whatever, right? So usually a lead pops out of that experience. And then you build from there. You know, what are the main points you need to get across? Who else do you need to talk to? That's always important. Never want to do a one-source story. So you got to figure all that out. You got to get a hold of those people. Talk to those people. Maybe you don't go see those people. Maybe you just talk to them on the phone. So when I interview someone on the phone, I I type the interview out as I'm talking to them. Hmm. That's something I picked up at the AP. AP reporters did that. I thought it was so cool. How do you keep up? Type in transcribing. You don't worry about spelling. Okay. That's one thing. You don't worry if you miss a word or two there because you're going to get the gist of it. You try to get every word of a memorable quote. Mm-hmm. But it's great because when you hang up the phone, you've got your transcript. Right. You Ready know, to it's go. Done. Yeah. <laughs> so I do not record telephone interviews because of this AP trick that I picked up. A lot of people do it. I'm, you know, it's not like it's a. A secret thing. A lot of people do. But anyway, those secondary sources, maybe you don't have the time to go see them. Maybe you don't even need to. Because you really just need their perspective on something about the story. Sure. You know. Yeah. I was going to ask like, what, what your favorite part about the job is. It sounds like you like the process of talking to people. I love it. Face-to-face, yeah. especially. Yeah. I'm talking a lot here, but I like listening more than talking. Mm. And I also wanted to ask you about kind of what's hard about the job or what are some obstacles or challenges you tend to face? Yeah. Well, it's always a challenge to write the best story you can write. What am I missing? Uh, There's a lot of opportunity to screw up in journalism, which I'm familiar with, you know, get things wrong not talk to people you should have talked to and not realizing it 
until it's too late. Mm. So it's a challenging profession just on its face, you know, what you're what it is you're trying to do. Write something that someone's gonna want to read and get everything in that story correct and be fair and be comprehensive. Oh, that's hard to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I also wanted to ask, you know, like, what's one lesson you've learned during your career as a journalist? Well, it is that it's so easy to screw up and you mm. got to be really vigilant. Mm. Um, the best defense of the, against that is fact checking. Once you've written a story, go back to the sources and I don't ever send them the story. Nobody does that. But what I do is get them on the phone, get the story up on the screen and go through it and see if you got anything wrong. Um, But even that isn't foolproof. You can just skip over something you should have mentioned, you know, because you're not, it's not like you're reading them the whole story. (laughs) Right. You know, you're trying to just hit the parts that, where you might have the facts wrong mm-hmm. and you can miss some even in that process. But the mistake that there's no excuse for is misspelling a name. And I've done that. And probably every journalist has done it probably. And that's just shouldn't happen. One of my final questions for you, Dan, is what advice would you offer to an up-and-coming journalist, maybe a high schooler who wants to you know, break into the industry or a college student who's interested in the field? What would you kind of tell them? Well, that's interesting. I guess I would tell them to do what you're doing, you know, look for internships, because it does a couple of things. It, it tells you whether you're really interested in it, and it gives you some people you know in the business if you decide you are interested. So I I didn't do that because of my particular, you know, way I got into it so late in life. Although the AP almost felt like an internship. I learned a lot there. Uh, I think that's probably one of the best ways in to Mm. do what you're doing right now. A lot of great advice. Thank you, Dan. Uh, I want to transition now into our final section. I call it rapid fire questions. Oh, yeah, yeah. First, I'm curious, what is your favorite season in Vermont? Summer. Is it because the Viking is best in summer? <laughs> yes. I mean, did anybody say anything other than summer? I guess you could say fall. Yeah, I've heard fall. Fall's gorgeous. I, I, this whole leaf peeping thing <laughs> bothers me and annoys me. Yeah. You know, I, I, we live in Fairfax. We're surrounded with it. We're immersed in it. I, I look, put it this way: I would not drive somewhere just to look at the leaves. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that's that's me. Yeah. All right. Next question, Dan. Besides your uh, ability to go on long bike rides, what is your superpower? Listening, I guess, what we were talking about before. I would say that. Next, what is your favorite spot to relax in the Burlington area? Oh, wow. Um, I guess downtown, because I spent so much time there. 
when we had our offices down there, and I just really like it. It's just a nice downtown. Not to be a downer, but, you know, they are having a lot of problems right now with crime and guns and God knows what else. But um, hopefully we'll get through that. And right. it, it's just, I like it. I, I like the park. I think this will be, not everyone will agree with this either, but I like what they did to the park. I do think they improved it. I think it's really nice. Yeah, it's a it's a great spot to be in the summer too. I've noticed going there for interviews, and it's just always so pretty. And you, yeah. you crest the hill, you see the the water, and it's just it's yeah. it's bustling. Yeah, it is. It's great. Yeah, a lot of life there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. People eating. Yeah, yeah. All right, Dan. Finally, who is your favorite journalist in pop culture? I've always enjoyed magazine journalism. And people like John Krakauer, you know, just amazing. So I I like long magazine pieces. And I, I don't know. I don't know if they're endangered. I mean, magazines are awfully thin these days. It's just such a hard time. But people who like Krakauer, who take you with them on an some venture or into some controversy or, you know, and they describe the scene and they describe the place and the people and the, and then they bring in the issues. Hmm. And the, I, it, that's what I like. Well, Dan, thank you so much for coming on. It's been a pleasure to have you on Behind the Byline. Thank you, Blaze. This has been Behind the Byline, a podcast that shares the stories of the Burlington Free Press's journalists. I'm your host, Blaze Seifer. Thanks as always for tuning in. I'll catch you next time.